This is the Ministers of the New Covenant radio broadcast. We come to you in the name of Yeshua the Messiah, the Son of the Most High Yahweh. Tune in each week to hear teachings directly from Scripture, focused upon believing in the Father, His Son, and the holy and righteous law of our Creator. At the end of this broadcast, we will give you the web address whereby you may contact us for further scriptural information. This is Brother Matthew, and I am so glad to be with you here for another evening to study our Heavenly Father's Word. We're going to begin a new series of lessons tonight, and these lessons are going to be geared towards Yahweh's calendar and specifically towards the weekly Sabbath day. I want to go ahead and do a little shock and awe right at the beginning of the broadcast and tell you that the weekly Sabbath day is not on Saturday. Let me repeat that. The weekly Sabbath day is not from Friday evening to Saturday evening. Now, I kept the Sabbath on Saturday for about two years. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. We did not keep Sabbath. We went to church on Sunday. But about in 1996, I began to study about the Sabbath, and I kept the Sabbath for a couple of years beginning in late 1997 through late 1999. And in 1999, I had some information that was posed to me that I had to examine, and I examined it for about one week before accepting it fully and completely in my own life, in my mind, heart, and also in practice. When I was keeping the Sabbath on Saturday, I had also learned about the feast days. I had learned about days like Passover and Pentecost and the Feast of Tabernacles, otherwise known in Hebrew as Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot. I knew about those days, and we kept those days by the lunar calendar, specifically by the lunisolar calendar, that is, the calendar that is based primarily on the sun and the moon, and even to some extent, the stars and the constellations in the heavens. So we kept the feast days by the calendar that exists in the heavens. And I'm going to read a passage of scripture about that here in just a second. Later on down the line, probably about a year after I began keeping the Sabbath and the feast, to the best of my knowledge, I was reading my Bible and I came across a few passages like Amos 8 verse 5, Ezekiel 46 1, 2 Kings 4 23, Isaiah 66 verse 23, that talked not only about the Sabbath, but also talked about the new moon. And I began to wonder, what is this new moon? I knew a little bit about it, but not a whole lot. So I was traveling to a meeting with my father-in-law. I mentioned to him that there was some passages I was reading in the Bible that it appeared that we were not really taking to heart. We were not really being obedient to uh, in our life. And he said, well, what is that, Brother Matthew? And I said, well, Brother Arnold, his name is Arnold Bowen. You may have heard him on the shortwave radio broadcast. He is a fine fellow and a wonderful servant of Almighty Yahweh. He said, well, show me the passages of Scripture. Well, I began to show him, and he got out his little Franklin Bible computer, and he was going through it and thumbing through it, and he said, well, Brother Matthew, he said, uh, as I'm reading these passages about the new moon, it looks like we're not keeping the new moons, and we need to begin to celebrate them and to honor them and to set them apart more than just announcing them or saying it's the first day of a lunar month, a biblical month, and let's take some time aside that day of the new moon and let's keep it set apart as holy and sanctified, similar to the way that we observe the Sabbath. And so by the time we got to the meeting, we had already switched over and we were keeping the 
the new moons or had dedicated in our heart at least that we were going to keep the new moons. Well, we kept the new moons and the Sabbath on Saturday for about a year after that. And then we were presented with some evidence from the scriptures that talked about that the Sabbath was actually regulated by the moon. And one of the first things that struck me and that got me to thinking was that this particular gentleman said, you are already keeping the new moons and the set feasts by the moon. If these are Yahweh's appointed times, and if his appointed times are kept by the calendar that he laid out in the heavens, then why are you not keeping the weekly Sabbath, the primary appointed time, by the same calendar laid out in the heavens? And we were posed with this question, do you think that Yahweh has two calendars? One in the heavens, and then one continuous carnal count that has nothing to do with the creation and nature that Yahweh ordained from the very beginning. I think it would be good right now to read a passage out of the book of Bereshit or the book of Genesis in Greek. Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 through 18. It says this, And Elohim said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and it was so. And Elohim made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night, the stars also. And Elohim set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And Elohim saw that it was good. Evening came, then morning, the fourth day. Here we have in Genesis 1, 14 through 18 or 14 through 19, Yahweh appointing or setting forth his measurements of time. And he says that these lights in the heavens, which unarguably are the sun, the moon, and the stars. The stars are mentioned specifically. Sun and moon, not specifically here, but they're implied. And if you're wondering, well, is the sun and the moon really implied? All you have to do is cross-reference this text with two other texts. One in the writings, or the Psalms, Psalm 136, verses 7, 8, and 9. And also, one of the prophets, the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 35 and 36. And he will talk about how that he gives the sun for a light by day, and the moon and the stars for light by night. So the sun, the moon, and the stars are mentioned here in the book of Bereshith, the book of beginnings. And they're mentioned as being the way that Yahweh measures time. If you look with me at verse 14... The last part of verse 14, again, it says, And let them, them there is plural, not just in English, but also in Hebrew. Them is plural. It means all of the lights that he ordained or appointed here on the fourth day. Let them be for signs. That's the Hebrew word oath, which means like a beacon or a signal. And for seasons. Seasons. That is the Hebrew word moedim, which means in relation to the worship of Yahweh, it means the appointed times the set-apart times where we come to worship him and where specifically he comes to visit us. Times like Passover, times like Tabernacles, times like Shabbat, the weekly Sabbath day. Then it says, and for days, uh, Yomim, or Yom in the singular, 
which the Sabbath would be a day, Passover would be a day. You have days on the calendar of Yahweh. And then years, which is Shana in singular, and it refers to a revolution of time. So here we have these calendar measurements, and they are determined according to the scriptures here that we just read. They are determined by the lights in the heavens, not by the Gregorian calendar, not by the Julian calendar, not by the Chinese calendar, not by the Russian calendar, not by any other calendar that exists on the earth today or that existed in another nation other than the Hebrew nation of Israel back in antiquity. The calendar that is fit or kosher is the calendar that is found in the heavens. In the heavens. Now, we, as I said, in mid to late 1999, were already observing the new moon by the lunar cycle. We were observing the Moedim, the set feasts, the appointed feasts like Pesach and Sukkot by the lunar cycle. Not only were we doing that based on Genesis 1, but look with me to Psalm 104. Let me turn my Bible over to Psalm 104, and you'll see that we have a second witness to Genesis chapter 1, 14 through 18. Psalm 104, verse 19. He appointed the moon for seasons. The sun knoweth his going down. Do you know what that word seasons there is in Hebrew? It's the exact same word as in Genesis 1.14. It's the Hebrew word moedim. It's referring to appointed times. The appointed times of Yahweh when we come and worship and praise him and he visits us as his people. So we were keeping the new moons by the lunar cycle, by the moon. Obviously, when you hear the word new moon, you think of lunar. We were keeping the yearly feasts the yearly appointments by the lunar cycle as it traverses through the solar revolution, because remember, the, so, the solar or the sun has to do with Yahweh's measurement of time as well, based on Genesis 1. But we weren't keeping the Sabbath by the heavenly calendar. Instead, we were looking to a calendar that's pagan to the core, hanging upon our wall, that starts in the middle of winter and starts a day at midnight, and the months are arbitrary, not based on the moon. We were looking at that calendar in order to determine when the seventh day Sabbath was. And not keeping the Sabbath by Yahweh's calendar, Yahweh's measurement of time. Look with me now to Leviticus chapter 23. Leviticus chapter 23. Leviticus 23, beginning at verse 1. And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, and saying to them concerning the feasts of Yahweh, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. You see that English word feasts there? That is the Hebrew word moedim. It's the same word used in Genesis 1.14, translated as seasons there. It's the same word used in Psalm 104.19, translated seasons there. And it's the word here in Leviticus 23, verse 2. Moedim. These are my appointed times. What did Yahweh say we are to use to determine his appointed times in Genesis 1? Let them, the lights in the heavens, be for signs, moedim, seasons, days, and years. Psalm 104.19, he appointed the moon for moedim, for seasons. Here in Leviticus 23.2, he says, these are my moedim. These are my feasts. 
This is based, if you use Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, this is based on number 4150 in the Hebrew lexicon of Strong's Concordance. The singular form is Moed. The plural is Moedim. Well, what is the very first feast mentioned here in Leviticus chapter 23? Sometimes we overlook this. I know that I did for a while. But when we look at Leviticus 23, we see that there is a primary feast upon which all the other feasts hang. And that feast is none other than the weekly Sabbath. Look at verse 3. Right after he says in verse 2, these are my feasts. Verse 3, six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of Yahweh in all your dwellings. Here the very first Moedim on the list is the weekly Shabbat, the weekly Sabbath. How are we to determine the Moedim? By looking at the Gregorian calendar? By starting with Sunday and ending with Saturday? Or are we to determine the Sabbath somehow by the lights in the heavens, and in particular by the lunar cycle, because Psalm 104.19 says he appointed the moon for the Moedim? See, you've got to understand, all of the Moedim, all of the appointed times, fall up under the fourth commandment. When you look at the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments are not an exhaustive list of the law of Yahweh. The Ten Commandments are a summary, and they are really to be viewed as ten words or ten headings. Ten headings under which other subcategories of laws hang. For example, when you talk about thou shalt not commit adultery, Sometimes people limit adultery to marital infidelity, to a man sleeping sexually with another man's wife. That is a form of adultery. That is a sin. That is a transgression of Yahweh's law. You're not to take another man's wife. However, that is not where adultery stops. Marital infidelity is one facet or one form of adulteration. But thou shalt not commit adultery. That commandment is broken or violated with any sexual immorality. So, bestiality, people laying with animals, which that may seem strange, but it is done quite often today by the licentious, wicked world that we live in. And I've even got a book here called Of Plymouth Plantation by William Bradford that lived in early America in one of the early colonies and they actually stoned a man to death for laying with an animal. So it happens. And it happened then and it happens now. That's adulteration. That's a forbidden mixture. You also have homosexuality. That falls up under the category of adultery. So when it says thou shalt not commit adultery, my point is it's not just one bare commandment. There is a whole host of laws that hang upon that broad heading in the Ten Commandments or the Ten Words. Likewise with the Fourth Commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Don't desecrate the Shabbat. Yes, that particular heading is talking about the weekly Sabbath, but all the other Sabbaths, all the other Moedim, hang up under that Fourth Commandment, the New Moons the yearly feasts, the Shemitah, the sabbatical year. All of those hang up under the fourth commandment. Okay, So it doesn't make sense for all of the other Moedim to be determined by Yahweh's calendar to go by the sun, moon, and the stars on those Moedim 
But on the weekly Moedim, which is the very primary Moedim, the primary appointment, on that one, to go by a man-made pagan Gregorian Julian calendar? Does it make any sense at all? These were some of the first things that got my mind to thinking back in late, mid to late 1999 when I was presented with a doctrine that the Sabbath was actually regulated by the moon and not by the Gregorian calendar. Then I began to think, how can we say that any of Yahweh's holy and righteous appointments are to be determined by the calendar made by man, called commonly the Gregorian calendar that we use in the nation of the United States of America today. How in the world can we say that any of Yahweh's appointments are found on that calendar? Now, I mentioned this briefly before, but let me go back over this in a little bit more detail. For example, look at when the Gregorian calendar begins the new year. In the middle of winter, everything is dead. The sap is down in the trees. Nothing is bringing forth life. There's a good chance that snow may be on the ground, even in the land of Israel. And this is the new year. Do you know why January is the head of the year on the Gregorian calendar? Well, it is because the Gregorian calendar is based upon the Julian calendar. And the Julian calendar has its beginnings in 46 B.C. When Julius Caesar... The Caesar of Rome, the Roman Empire at that time, took the advice of an astronomer by the name of Sosigenes to remove the moon from calculating time. Up until that point, the moon was even used to some extent in the Roman calendar. And even the Roman New Year began with the month of March and not with the month of January. So why did Julius Caesar now choose to begin his calendar, the Julian calendar, as it has been called, in January. Well, let me tell you why. It is because there is a Roman god, a Roman deity, by the name of Janus, or with the English J sound, Janus. Y-A-N-U-S, or I-A-N-U-S. We pronounce it Janus with the J. Januarius or Januarius is what that name of that first month was originally called. Janus was a deity that had two faces. Two faces. One to take out the old, another to bring in the new. Janus often was depicted with the number 300 in one hand and the number 65 in another hand. He was worshipped at birthdays. He was worshipped at funerals. He was the deity of gates and doors because they swang both directions. So what better deity for the first month of the year to be named after than this deity, this Roman pagan god by the name of Janus? That is why we start the Gregorian year, as we go by now in America, with the month of January. It has zero, zero to do with Yahweh's heavenly lights. Nothing whatsoever. Do you know when Yahweh's year begins? In the springtime, in the month of Aviv. Actually, it is 
the new moon that is closest to the spring equinox. When everything is bringing forth life. The sap is not down in the trees. The leaves are beginning to come back. The grass is growing. The birds are chirping. Everything's coming back out again, springing forth. This is why even a vestige, and you can see this, this is why in the current Gregorian calendar that we have, look at the names of some of the months. Look at the month of September. Do you know what sept means in Latin and in Greek? It means seven. It means seven. But yet on the Gregorian calendar, September is the ninth month. October. You know what oct means in Latin and Greek? Eight. But yet on the Gregorian calendar, October is the tenth month. Why are these names of months seven and eight if they're really nine and ten now? Well, it's because they were originally the seventh and the eighth month on the Roman calendar. That was before 46 B.C., at least to some extent, by the lunar cycle in the heavens. Not only is it this way with the year, it's also this way with the day. The day on our calendar now begins at 12 midnight. And 12 o'clock midnight is an arbitrary man-made time to start with. It's not Yahweh's time. As a matter of fact, in Scripture, the only hours that you find are the hours of the day. When the sun is ruling in the sky. This is how they told the hours of the day. When the sun would rise above the horizon, it would traverse through the sky all day long. Obviously, in the summer, the days are longer. In the winter, the days are shorter. But there were always 12 parts, segments, or as we call them, hours. They may not have been exact 60-minute hours, but there were 12 parts or segments throughout any given day. And the way that people told which segment or quote-unquote hour they were in was not by looking at a wristwatch or a clock on the wall, but by looking at the position of the sun in the heavens and seeing where the sun was, and then we could say, well, it's the third hour of the day, or it's the ninth hour of the day, or it's the eleventh hour, the last hour, where the laborers are finishing up their work. Then when the sun would set, the daylight period would be over, and then you would have the watches of the night. The Hebrews had three watches of the night. Under Roman rule, in the Gospels and in the New Testament epistles, you had, under the Romans, four watches of the night, but not hours. The hours were measured when the sun ruled in the sky. All right? Why does the day begin at midnight? If you and I were laying in a tent and 12 midnight struck and I elbowed you and I said, you know what, a new day just began. How in the world do we know? What in nature took place that would tell us that a new day has begun? What, what is there in nature? There's nothing in nature to tell us. Do you know when days end and thus by default begin on Yahweh's calendar? In the evening. You can find this in... Exodus 12:18, where there's a commandment to keep the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And you keep that feast from the 14th day at evening to the 21st day at evening. Or what about Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, Leviticus 23, verse 32, where you keep it from the 9th day at evening to the 10th day at evening. And then he says at the end of verse 32, and this is because from evening to evening shall you celebrate your Sabbaths. Then you have a passage like Nehemiah 13, verse 19 where it says, as the gates of Jerusalem began to be shadowy before the Shabbat, he commanded that the gates be shut because there were too many people coming in wanting to buy and sell on the Sabbath. This is when the sun was still above the horizon, but yet it was setting and casting long shadows upon the gates at Jerusalem. And it was getting close to the Sabbath, close to sunset. 
And so Nehemiah, approximately 30 minutes to an hour before sunset, says, let's shut the gates to guard the Sabbath day. Why? Because the new day began in the evening. This is why in John 19.31, they were in a hurry to get Yeshua's body off of the tree before evening. Because that Shabbat day, that Sabbath day, was a high day. It wasn't only the weekly Sabbath. It was also the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Biblical days end, and thus by default begin, at evening when the sun sets. Once again, the lights in the heavens. Let me backtrack a little bit. I don't think I mentioned this specifically, but you might be asking, Brother Matthew, you didn't say anything about the lights in the heavens with a new year. You just mentioned nature. Nature tells you when the new year begins, but there is a phenomenon in the heavens. We know it as the spring equinox. The ancient Hebrew word would be the tekufa. And that is when the time period that the sun rules in the sky is equal with the nighttime period. And you have approximately what we would call 12 hours of the daylight and 12 hours of the night. And that is a tekufa or an equinox. And that is the official beginning of the solar year, the solar revolution. And when you take the new moon closest to that, the new moon closest to that spring equinox, your Passover and your Feast of Unleavened Bread will always fall after the solar revolution has begun. And then you'll keep all three major feasts, Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. You'll keep three feasts in one solar year. And that's by commandment in Exodus 23 and also Exodus 34. Three times in the year shall all the males keep the feast before Almighty Yahweh. So there we've got the year by the lights in the heavens. We've got the, the days by the lights in the heavens. And what about the month? The word month, our English word month, actually stems from the word moon. There's a vestige of this in the English language because when a couple gets married, a man and a woman, they go on their honeymoon. Now, granted, they usually don't go for a whole month. They used to. And the reason they call it the honeymoon is because it lasted used to last for one moon or one lunar cycle, one month. And the word honey, believe it or not, actually goes back to the sweetness of the wine the honey ale. A lot of people may have heard of honey ale or honey beer. The sweetness of the, the wine beverage that they would have in their love during their honeymoon, their honey month, and also the sweetness that they had together. And you can verify all this. Don't take my word for it. You can do the research. It's very easy to find out. The months were originally determined by the lunar cycle and were either 29 or 30 days in length. You can calculate them now. A lunar month is either 29 or 30 days from new moon back to new moon. Well, what about the months on our Gregorian calendar? They're arbitrary. Totally arbitrary. Some of them have 31 days. Some of them 30. February has 28 days, but in leap years it has 29 days. Who gets to choose all this? Well, I'll tell you this. I know why some months have 31 days. The month of July, which is named after Julius Caesar, has 31 days because he wanted the month that was named after him to have the greatest amount of days as possible on his calendar. The same thing with August, which is named after Caesar Augustus, 31 days because it's named after him. He was a prominent figure. He wanted his month to be one of the prominent ones on his calendar. The year's pagan. The day's pagan. The month's pagan. They have nothing to do with nature. Why in the world do we want to determine the week and then the Sabbath by the Gregorian calendar? 
Why would we not instead look to Yahweh's heavenly calendar? The lights in the heavens. Man cannot tamper with Yahweh's calendar. Man cannot adjust the moon. Man cannot adjust the sun or the stars. And we want to go to the calendar on the wall and say, well, this is why we keep the Sabbath, because one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. How in the world do you know that Saturday on that calendar is the same seventh day that Yahweh rested on in the book of Bereshith? The answer is, you don't know. There's no way to know that for sure. And I'll get more into this as the weeks progress and we study more about this. Now, if you want some information, listen for the contact info at the end of the broadcast because I'm willing to send you a free booklet that is an introduction to the weekly Sabbath day being determined by the moon. Just listen for the information at the end of the broadcast and I'll be more than glad to send you this free introductory booklet about the win of the weekly Sabbath. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you again next week. Shalom. You've been listening to the Ministers of the New Covenant radio broadcast. Our website is ministersnewcovenant.org. That's ministersnewcovenant.org. Please visit our website where you will find hundreds of audio sermons as well as videos, books, and articles explaining various doctrines in the scriptural faith. For questions, you can also call 678-347-6240. That's 678-347-6240. Thanks for listening, and according to His will, may Yahweh richly bless.